All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thanks everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. We'd first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Box, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross focus show as I'm joined by special guest in Young Gun, Campbell Williams. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, mate. It's good to get you on. Obviously, you had a really good start to the Aussie Supercross series in Adelaide. Things went really well for you. Got on the box, but you've had a bit of a setback since there, mate. So you won't be at Newcastle, but you're aiming to get back for Melbourne. It's just another case of the brutality of motocross, isn't it, mate? So just tell us about Adelaide and the injury you've just suffered. Yeah, unfortunately, um, had a bit of a stack to about two and a half weeks ago and come up short in the rhythm and fractured my L3, L5, my T12 in my back. So looks like I'll be out for a couple of weeks, but aiming to come back for Melbourne the last round, depending on how we'll how well my back heals and how everything goes with recovery and trying to stay fit because obviously it's not that far away, but. Yeah, it's a shame after coming off the podium with minimal training before Adelaide and then having a good couple of weeks after Adelaide and then unfortunately having a crash was not the best outcome. Yeah, mate, it's shocking to hear. Obviously, just you were just doing one of the rhythms in training and it just went over the bars and that's it, isn't it, mate? It's just brutal how it can catch you out. Just one sort of bit of bad luck, bit of miscalculation and it can bite you pretty bad, can't it? Yeah, it all happens so quick, and then you get up and you realise that you're in a lot of pain. Oh, yeah, mate. How is the pain right now? You're handling it all right? The worst of it, do you think, is behind you, and you just got to wait to heal and get a progress update in a couple of weeks to see if you're good to go again? Yeah, definitely. I've been pretty good. I've still been getting around, helping my father and stuff and doing stuff around the house and just been doing lots of recovery, and I've already been back at physio and... I started stationary cycling pretty much two days after I got out of hospital. So they said I could walk and everything was all good. I didn't need crutches or anything. So it's just been a matter of trying to stay fit but not do anything that's going to damage or affect the area of where it's healing, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like you're on a good path to get back as soon as possible. And just going back to Adelaide, how was that night for you, mate? Obviously, pretty different sort of style of racing, different format, being in that really tight arena with the fans in there, basically in a basketball stadium, essentially. So you looked like you adapted to it really well, handled everything that was thrown at you on the night, mate. So just talk us through it from your perspective. You obviously enjoyed it, getting such a good result. Yeah, Adelaide was definitely a um, cool experience. I've never raced in that stadium before, so it was pretty cool to have that environment have the crowd and everything there for the night show but definitely wasn't my best riding and I had a few bike issues going on so we didn't really have the best package coming into round one which was a bit unfortunate and we had quite a bit of speed but starts and everything were pretty key in that place obviously there was only 10 gates so and it was a very tight track so it was pretty hard to pass on and you sort of stayed in your position unless you made some passes or someone made a big mistake, you could get past them. But other than that, it was definitely a very tight and technical track to pass on. Yeah, and yeah, obviously it was pretty cool just to be in, in the same arena as not racing against them, but just being able to watch and learn from guys like Anstey, Wilson, Brayton, Moss, 
Tanty Hill. Must have been pretty awesome, mate, just sitting back and enjoying them and taking little pointers away from how they approach different sections and just how they ride so well and at such speeds and confidence they have to attack the track. It's a joy to watch, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like they had, you wouldn't think there was a lot of different lines on that track being so small and obviously it was, everyone was hitting the same rhythms. It wasn't very technical or something wasn't doing something different to each other, but they were finding technical stuff compared to everyone else that was getting them them point ones, point fives of a second in their lap times to help them. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Masters of their craft for sure. And I guess training with Mel Ross, who's extremely, you know, excellent supercross rider, motocross rider, experienced, done so much in his career. That must be great having him in your corner, helping you out, mate, and just teaching the ropes and what to do and what not to do. And he's obviously, he's also a man that's dealt with a lot of setbacks and adversity in his time. So he must be a great man to have helping you. Yes. Yeah, no, Mel Ross is definitely, since coming back home from Ross's and trying to sort out what I was going to do for Supercross after the last round of the Nationals was a bit up in the air, but then me and Hayden started speaking and, yeah, he's been really good to me. He's brought me in like a little kid and he's helped me so much over the last couple of weeks with riding at his house, learning how to ride a Supercross track, try and do lap times, just everything, sprints, learn how to hit whoops, all the technique stuff. So, yeah, he's been a big help and he's obviously really good and he's done his past in America and stuff like that, racing World Supercross. So he's definitely really good to learn off for that. Yeah, well said, mate. What are sort of the key areas you reckon you've improved under him so far? Probably the whoops and just the techniques and, and just how to sort of do all those little nuances to get the most out of the bike and the track and just to perform to your capabilities, I guess, mate. He must be just a complete package with the nutrition, diet, bike setup, everything. It must be helping you in all areas. Yes, it's really good because he's obviously a rider, so he understands what it takes and he's there for you. He trains in the gym with you. He gets you on a good diet. He watches what you eat. He's um, definitely really good and helped me get a lot better through the whoops and feel like I was more stable and not so scared. Yeah, because they're brutal, mate. They're certainly intimidating, especially the ones you see in America on those you know, proper supercross tracks. So definitely hold you in good stead in the future, mate. And just being a motocross racer and, and a rider, especially in supercross with that first one, did you feel much pressure and weight of expectation from others and yourself? Or did you sort of just focus on what you had to do and concentrate on yourself only and not worry about the outside noise? Uh, not really. Just sort of coming into supercross, just wanting to try and get through it and Unfortunately, I have had a crash, but I didn't crash the first week. So I got through the hardest part and I did get a lot of value and training out of the last couple of weeks. I did have Supercross and I haven't done it on a big bike since an 85 when I was doing it in 2018. So it was just cool to learn it and do something new. And we've obviously had COVID. So it's only been the last two years where Supercross has been back in. Unfortunately, I was injured last year, so I didn't get to race it, but yeah, it's just been really cool just learning something else other than riding the same track all the time. And, yeah, just everything's a lot more full-on and unexpected and you can't really predict things if they go wrong really quick. Yeah, sounds like you're really loving the Supercross, mate. That's sort of the pathway you want to follow. Obviously, talking to Nick Still, who was a sort of a key driving force in Australian motocross in the media and 
a guy that's helping you out as well, mate. He's saying you're making really good progress and obviously Adelaide showed that. So that's the pathway you're sort of looking at in the future, mate. Obviously, it's pretty cool. There's so many options. Obviously, you're looking at doing the Indian Supercross series upcoming. You're obviously doing the Aussie series. World Supercross is another option. And obviously, probably the ultimate goal is to head to AMA one day and maybe if you can next year, even sneak in some futures or some motor combine stuff outdoors as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Nick, I obviously met him this year through doing post-race interviews at the Nationals and then we spoke a little bit after Coolum and he sort of knew I was a bit down in the dumps after having not the best series compared to where I started last year. Obviously, I finished really bad due to an injury, but yeah, I had a lot of health issues this year that probably not many people knew about that sort of hindered my results, I guess, and didn't let me perform at my best, but I just still showed up and unfortunately I did get fifth in the championship, which isn't the worst, but isn't the best, but I definitely expected more. And I think that was the thing that Nick seen in me. Like he spoke to me after Coolum and he was really keen to just help me out with the end of this year and try and make something work for Supergoss and just help me with whatever's to come, whether it's getting rides, getting help, support, what it is like he's been a lot of help lately and he's just there to talk and really excited to help people. Yeah, awesome, mate. And obviously the future looking towards that, so much cool stuff to, you know, aim for as well. And obviously things like Beta and Triumph and Ducati coming into the sport, that sort of bodes well down the line with you looking to get more rides, whether it be in Australia, Indian Supercross, World Supercross, AMA. So I guess that excites you as well, mate, just more opportunities because there's not that many in the sport, is there, mate? No, that's exactly right. And, yeah, Nick's very well known, I think, around the world and he's trying to help me plan out what I want to do in the future and that's to keep racing and do what I'm doing at the moment. And, obviously, I really do want to get better and it's just about trying to put in the work and then doing more overseas races other than racing in Australia will be the goal, like doing more Supercross, AMA, going to India, just doing little stuff to just experience something other than racing in Australia. Yeah, it's a good idea, mate. Get out of the comfort zone and just test yourself. That's the best way to learn. So I like the approach for sure. And I was going to ask you about the Empire Kawasaki team. How have you found that this year? Obviously, it's pretty cool having a great structure around you like that takes a lot of the burden off. You can focus on yourself more and not have to worry about all those other things you might have done in the past when you're doing it yourself on the program. So yeah, and just generally, how's it been? And having guys like Moss and Haruki under the awning, I guess it's pretty awesome to always keep learning and refining your craft and just to chat with guys that have such good experience yeah like since i've probably turned senior i've been supported quite well i was obviously supported pretty good through kdm and stuff just through race plans and stuff as a junior but since moving into my senior category and racing mx3 and sx3 and whatnot it's been Awesome. I've had rides and a lot of support through sponsors and stuff, and I've never really gone out without anything. So it's just been a big help, and I know what it's like. I see other people do it privateer, and it's not easy when you don't have support, and it's obviously a bit smaller with the motocross and the industry in Australia, so it's very minimal support compared to probably overseas. So when you do get support, you definitely really appreciated and yeah empire we talked at the end of last year after i was in a bit of a spot after getting my ankle surgery and stuff from riding from honda and 
yeah, they brought me in like family, Mick and Tyson, Caleb Goulet, the whole team, all the people at Kawasaki, all the sponsors, like everyone's been really good this year. They've all put in the work. We've all tried to make it work. And unfortunately, we had some health issues that got in the way, but they were all very supportive of me and they understand that it's not always a highway racing or doing any sports and there's always going to be ups and downs. But, yeah, it's definitely good to have people there that understand it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Know what you blokes are going through because it's certainly full of ups and downs and it's not easy. So having that framework must be awesome. And just you planning to stay there in 2024 and do motocross and supercross in Australia, is that the plan? Yeah, definitely. So I want to try and stay here, but then I also want to – I've been talking to Nick and we've been talking to some things in America for next year just – if there's breaks or whatever, we're just trying to organise, filling up the time when there is nothing to try and travel and do some rides and stuff and just try some different things. Obviously, my goal is to I step up to MX2 this year in the uh, motocross series and then I'll be SX2 for Supercross, so that'll be a big jump for me and my plans to have a really good rookie year and just try and do what I did this year. I stayed pretty healthy other than some internal issues. I didn't really get injured and got through motocross. So, yeah, it's just all about trying to stay healthy next year and sustain the whole year and be dedicated to training and wanting to put the work in. And then, yeah, we'll try and fill in our breaks and go overseas and try something different. Right, awesome plan. You've certainly had enough setbacks to last you a fair while, mate, over the last couple of years. So I guess you're looking forward to that challenger race, the MX2 guys, obviously Crawford and Todd heading up. Then obviously you've got guys like Brody Connolly, Ferguson, Minia, Bud, Barham, Andrews, Yokoyama. So pretty awesome sort of challenge to be racing those guys and learning from them every week, mate. So you sort of be intimidated by that or are you just excited? Uh, not necessarily. Like I've raced a lot of these boys before. It's and some of these guys, are, obviously, I trained with the last couple of years being in the MX3 class down at Ross's, and I've been able to battle with them and had shown good speed at the practice track as well as some pre-season races over the years. So I definitely do have confidence. There's no no confidence. Like, I do feel like I can run up the front. It's just trying to make sure everything's in place on the day and make sure everything's right and just believe in myself and everything should come together and yeah we'll be yeah. good racing and i suppose that sx3 and mx3 classes do hold you in good stead because there's so many fast kids who are fearless and highly skilled like yourself mate so it's a pretty good breeding ground for young talent you know the juniors coming through and the youngsters coming through at a high level too aren't they mate so you're pretty well primed aren't you yeah definitely like i've obviously been one of the oldest in the class this year and um there's a lot of young kids coming through and they're all really fast and yeah you can't just sit around thinking you can just rock up on the weekend that's for sure they all put in the work just as much as you do so and that's how it's going to feel next year there's going to be a lot of young ones going up into mx2 and there's obviously the veterans like wilson todd and i think nathan crawford that are going to step up into the 450 class and give themselves a new challenge, which gives 
a lot more opportunity for everyone else to try and do well. But like you said, there's definitely a lot of talent still in the MX2 class next year. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, mate. And just to focus on the last two years, I guess, particularly sort of mix the ups with the downs, isn't it, mate? You've had so many, you know, pretty impressive rides, really great results and some great confidence building going on in there, but so many injuries and the health battles, mate. So I guess how's your take on it from the last couple of years, mate? It's sort of been pretty difficult at stages, but pretty positive as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I've had a, some of my best races I've ever had since I started and definitely my best senior races yet. Like last year winning a lot of MX2 races, holding the red plate and then my highlight getting back up and having a win this year at Maitland, that made me feel good. And then unfortunately had a, some lung issues and my asthma was really bad this year living in Victoria and just, I know being in the cold environment and just being really sick really often didn't help me. And then unfortunately I got my arm pump surgery two weeks after Coolum Nationals, which was the last round of our Oz Pro Max series, which I wish I had known and probably got done at the start of the year, but you can't really change that now. It's all done and I was just excited to have it done before supercross and then yeah unfortunately we've had another little injury but it's, i guess it's part of the sport and then sometimes it'll turn around and you'll have a lot of luck so just gotta wait and just keep staying at it i guess yeah mate just quickly how has the arm pump surgery helped it's obviously it works for varying degrees for different riders you found it's been pretty good and it's lasting yeah definitely it was all um it was very stiff and all my arms were really rigid at the start. Everything was still trying to stretch, but I haven't had really any problems. Like I used to get it really bad on race day and stuff just to, due to anxiety and just the environment you're in. It's so intense. So breathing's a key in that environment. And unfortunately, sometimes I struggled with that. And yeah, just having this arm pump surgery has definitely led a lot of stress and i've been able to ride a lot better on race day and on the practice track and everything it's just been a sigh of relief and it's definitely something that i was excited to get and i didn't really know what way it was going to go but it's definitely worked and yeah i'm more than pumped with getting it yeah mate well said obviously the guys like fevra he got his done again before the start of this year and it just paid huge dividends you look at how well he raced pretty close to winning that title if he didn't have a few setbacks at prado was just the man but yeah makes a big difference just having that comfort and confidence being able to go out and attack everything without having that hindrance in the background mate so really pleased to hear that and just we got so many usa listeners and european listeners you know to these mx vice podcasts so i guess just talk about how you got into motocross mate and you know the key milestones and key influences into getting where you are today as a professional mate so just sort of anyone you want to thank in there as well you can do that too yeah um my dad mostly my parents my family yeah they've done everything for me since i was a little kid so they bought me a bike when i was i think i was around four years of age and it's just now I'm where I am now and doing it professional in Australia. It's really cool, but my dad and my family, we all have goals and we've all put a lot of financial and physical sacrifice into this sport. So we all want to 
do well and go overseas and make it a bigger career than what it is at the moment. That's the goal. And, yeah, I just can't thank my parents enough for still supporting me, my teams um, at the moment, Tyson and Kawasaki, uh, Mick, just everyone, um, my my engine builder, Jared Pine, over the last couple of years, like he's been a big help in my career and living down in Victoria, if I ever needed something, he was like there for me. So it was cool to have him and his advice, especially with Honda next year and then coming towards Cowie this year and helping me with engines and whatnot. Um, Ian from Promoto Suspension, can't thank him enough. He's helped me so much. I'm like a son to him when it comes to bringing me around, letting me stay at his house, do suspension, takes weekends, whatever it is. He's there to help and make sure that everything's fine. And then, yeah, um, obviously everyone knows that I left the Beatons Pro Formula camp uh, just before the last couple of rounds of the Nationals, but can't thank Ross and everyone down there, Rachel, his partner for bringing me into their life a couple of years ago and just all the support and how much I've learned from living down there and being on a program and knowing how you got to hold yourself accountable. And it's not easy to get through a season. It's definitely, there's a lot of work and people don't see that. But at the end of the day, it's if you're getting the results and you can see what you want, it's 100% worth it. So I thank Ross for teaching me a lot over the last couple of years. It's been really good. Yeah, that's absolutely well said. Yeah, so many people go into making the complete package, mate, and it's cool. You're definitely grateful and you have an appreciation of everyone that's in your corner, mate, which is obviously so many good people. And I guess when you were growing up, did you have any particular idols? Obviously, we were talking about Glenn Coldenoff before and you mentioned he was one in particular, and obviously covering MXGP at MX Vice. It's, you know, particularly in point. So, yeah, obviously the boss, James, knows him pretty well and you know, he's spoken to him a lot and done some sort of monster energy documentary things with him and just get that insight and just the immense dedication and the fine margins and how he has all the bases covered from fitness, diet, lifestyle, sleep, the mentality. He just does everything, no stone unturned to get to where he is today. And he's just such an elite rider and, and an athlete, you know, so just that professionalism, I guess, maturity, very quick dedication. I guess there's a lot to learn from someone like that, isn't there? Yeah, 100%. Like, you can just tell with a lot of guys that want to be serious about it that it doesn't – people just think you just get on your dirt bike and ride, but it's not the case. There's a lot more that goes behind the scenes. Like you said, your diet, your training program, how you eat, sleep, your recovery, just everything, not getting sick, trying to stay healthy, trying to minimise injuries. There's a lot that goes into turning up on race day and trying to perform – your best especially against the world's best and yeah he's one of the riders that you can tell that does it the right way and takes it very serious and yeah he's very committed to his job that's for sure yeah he sure is mate there's no doubt about that and just back to you what are some of your career highlights so far mate obviously you represented australia in 2019 at the world junior motocross championships in italy so that'll probably be up there but just some of your other ones key milestones great races different times you've faced setbacks and overcome them. Just give us a few examples there, mate. Yeah, um, probably more just riding the Ozpromax series. I haven't really done some huge things overseas. Obviously, I've been overseas and got represented in Australia and Italy on an 85 and 
that was really cool experience to go ride against all the Europeans and Americans that were over there. And then, yeah, over the last couple of years, I've had some really good national results and that's obviously helped me get my support and my name out in Australia. And then now I'm looking to help get my name out around the world and, yeah, just make some more career highlights and just travel and do some cool things. Yeah, mate, that's awesome. And just some other riders you look at, obviously, we were just discussing how you follow all the MXGP and the AMA series really closely and you're always looking to learn from those guys. Who are some of your your favourite guys to watch, obviously, at the moment, us being Australians and Lawrence Brothers are killing it and Jet's just a phenomenal rider technically, mentally, physically. He's got the complete package, the mindset's just phenomenal, as well as the balance and the stability and all the little things like the head movement and the feet. So he'd obviously be one, but you enjoy watching guys like Hurlings, Prado, Rocks and Tomac, there's just so many guys to learn from and just watch how they do it and how they attack different sections. And even someone like Deegan, completely different style, just a hard charger and just makes it work still, doesn't he? He's got that attitude and, you know, he's willing to do what it takes to win. So you can sort of pick up pointers from all those guys, mate. But which ones are the ones you focus on? Yeah, definitely um, looking at Jet and Hunter and what they've done, like coming from living in Queensland, being Aussies and doing all their junior stuff here and then going overseas early to Europe and then going across to America. I feel like they've helped us Australians a lot, put us on the radar and made a lot of people look stupid and they're definitely really good at what they do and they're bringing, like Jet said not long ago, he's bringing technique back into it to keep the riders safe and stuff. So they're definitely smart and they know exactly what they're trying to do and how they're getting their results. So it's cool. And then obviously, yeah, in Europe, like you watch like Jeffrey and stuff, obviously he hasn't had the best couple of years with some injuries at the moment, just keeps getting hurt, but he's always willing to come back. And you can just tell like he wants it more than anyone when he comes back. He's minimal bike time and he's already back up the front. So no, it's cool. I feel like there's a lot of good riders out there and everyone rides different. So it's cool to watch everyone's technique and see how they ride and see how they perform. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's a joy to watch those guys doing their thing. Sometimes it's a bit hard to replicate because they're just absolute freaks, but you can always learn and at least try because someone like Jet, the fundamentals and the building blocks to get to that kind of a level is just immense. You can't just jump on a bike and be that strong in all those areas of your body and be that connected with the bike. There's so much behind the scenes that goes into it. So yeah, it's not as easy as clicking your fingers and just being like Jet, is it? So yeah, he's just a machine. And just from your experience so far in the sport, obviously working in those training programs, working with a trainer, doing your own thing. What would your advice be to some other young lads, even though you're super young yourself? Just what was the best pathway for you? How have you found each sort of avenue to attack and to train whatever works for you? Or is it just pick what's best for you and go with that and just experience it all and then you'll find what's best for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, Probably the biggest thing is like if you really want to go somewhere and you're really excited and you're really committed to what you do, it's... I think it's, from what I've learned, it's hard to not do it without having a trainer at the track every day and someone that's going to keep yourself accountable. It's definitely tough doing that. It's good to have someone there giving you your lap times, whatever it may be, helping you with life advice, just anything. He's just trying to make you better and that's obviously what I learned being at Ross's, that it's awesome to have a trainer there and, yeah, and they're going to, push you to be the best and obviously you're not riding by yourself you're in an environment full of 
other riders that just want to be just as competitive as you. So every day you go to the track, you're always in a battle, that's for sure. So I see that as a big thing in wanting to make a step in your career and definitely just trying to get support and obviously get your name out there and don't be scared to ask around and ask people for advice, I guess. Yeah, do you find that obviously it helps reinforce the fundamentals and keeps you pretty honest, doesn't it, mate? There's no shortcuts in that sort of an environment. It's pretty brutal. You're racing against each other all the time, like you see with the Baker's Factory, the Star Yamaha, all these kind of programs, especially in America. There's a couple in Europe, similar sort of vibe. But do you find that that sort of streamlines your development and makes you get faster really quick? Because if you sort of don't adapt, you kind of get left behind? Yeah, definitely. Like if you're not really... Most day-to-day days at the track, you're always on the clock. So it's how you see the little things. And obviously you do days where you do technique, but some days you'll go and you feel like you're not getting better, but you really are. It's just a tough day. But that's the things that you need to just look forward to and look at the bigger picture, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, mate. Obviously on the tough days is when you sort of, that's where the growing comes because you wake up and you might want to press snooze, but you know that it's not the right thing to be doing because you're sacrificing yourself to be a pro. And I really like how you're saying the accountability and responsibility, and that's instilled into you already, mate. So you know the way to go in terms of making it. So that's awesome, mate. And just a couple of things on the Australian Motocross Series and the Supercross. Obviously, you'd probably like to see more rounds like everyone would, but it's a logistical nightmare for these guys organising it all. But what would you think would be a good balance for the series, maybe having 10 outdoors and five Supercross or eight outdoors and maybe eight Supercross as well. What would you find would be the best way? And just how do you find also dealing with that seven-week gap in the schedule? Because it must be pretty hard to sort of combat that, knowing that there's just such a big gap in between races, which is obviously why you and Nick have discussed trying to squeeze in some other races in between, mate. But just your thoughts on it all? Yeah, um, I think there should be more, but it's obviously not up to me. All the riders, we've all come together and, tried to say our part but sometimes it always doesn't work I guess but yeah definitely a lot more supercross and motocross would be ideal um definitely smaller breaks in between the races would be nice obviously having like a four-week break in between a race is obviously almost like going into a mini pre-season again and you've already done your work at the start of the year you just want to nearly race every weekend and then have you two days through the week and then just rest because definitely when you got weeks and weeks off in between nationals and if you're in a good position, you definitely um, could get injury prone. So, yeah, it's not ideal. And then obviously our midweek, our mid-season break, the seven weeks is huge. It's almost like another pre-season. So I think a lot of Australians, we all look for answers and, I guess try and get better for the second half of the season or some people try and go overseas like you're seeing with Jed this year. He went over to America and did some testing and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's definitely opportunities out there with how our schedule is at the moment. Yeah, I guess pretty cool to see someone like Ryan Alexanderson going over to do the ADAC and some EMX, same as Ryan King. Does that interest you, mate, or you're sort of more channeling your way to America? Uh, yeah, definitely would. Like I've always talked about wanting to go to Europe and stuff, but at the moment we're talking with Nick and my parents and everything. I feel like I want to see what America's like first. Yeah, that's a good idea, mate. 
It makes it quite hard in the MXGP paddock, MX2 with that age rule at 23. That sort of is a really difficult thing, especially when you're putting everything into it and you have a couple of injuries, a couple of tough years, and then you've got to shoot up to the 450. It makes it so tough, mate. So that's probably another reason, you know, you see guys like Hampshire and Christian Craig and the Martins, you can have that long career on the 250 if your time's not right to go to the 450. So I guess that's probably another thing that makes America more appealing, is it? Yeah, 100%. You can tell, like, They've all had their fair share of injuries, especially you can see with like Austin Faulkner. He's obviously still young. He's only, I think, 25, but like he's been in that class since he was in his teens. And yeah, he's had a lot of setbacks and unfortunate injuries with his knees and stuff. And he's still in that 250 class, I think, next year. And obviously he'll be hoping to have another standout year and then potentially move up for the 450 class. But it definitely makes it easier and a lot more room for if anything happens, I guess, compared to all this ageing out ruling. Yeah, no, it's cool to hear your insights on that format and the way it works, mate. But yeah, onto the, I guess, with ProMX, would you like to see more double header rounds, maybe more racing on a weekend? Because especially, you know, sometimes with those single day events, you sort of get there, obviously you've got to get there on the Friday and you sort of don't do heaps of riding and maybe you're sort of just hanging around a bit. A couple of privateers have told me so they maybe would like to get a bit more track time and just to get the lay of the land and maybe even have an extra moto or a qualifying race type thing for points or just for position. And I guess it's a way to get more point scoring races, give you guys more racing without necessarily adding on another round. So was that something that you'd be interested in? Obviously in the ADAC, they have three point scoring motos each weekend. So, and obviously they have the cool prize money there too, mate. But is that something that would interest you, fitting in more racing each weekend? And then instead of having to add two more rounds, you're sort of building up an extra race every weekend, which is just good for everyone in the long run, I guess. Yeah, I think like everyone liked how Maitland ran, obviously due to having to catch up from one Thaggy, we had the double header at Maitland and then we pretty much had a double header at, Coolum, obviously it was only qualifying on one day and then the racing was still on the Sunday. It was cool to just have two days on the track and dial everything in that you needed to get suited to the track. It just gave you a lot more time and you, you were just a bit more prepared and you knew what the situation, you could kind of control the outcome a lot more than just having the one day of racing. So, yeah, it's definitely a cool thing. But I think first we need more rounds on weekends and then obviously implement maybe some double headers every couple of weekends or whatever, but definitely more than eight rounds would be pretty cool to see. Yeah, awesome, mate. And just, yeah, I was going to ask you about how you approach things like social media and doing media commitments. Do you enjoy it? Do you find it a burden? Obviously, it probably takes time out of doing some other things you want to do, but it's kind of a necessary evil these days. And, mate, you got to sort of promote yourself, spread the word about all you're doing and keep the fans happy because there's a lot of people out there that are cheering for you. And I suppose you got to, you know, whether it's doing vlogs or cool edits, social posts, it's all sort of part of it these days, isn't it, mate? So what's your take on all of it? Yeah, I think social media, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it's just a cool part of, I guess, every sport or influencer's life where you need to get your name and everything out there and it's just like yeah it's like a platform of doing that and everyone likes spending time on it and you can make cool things with it so it's definitely it's just definitely something that helps especially with motocross and posting stuff it's awesome yeah mate and obviously once you if you did go to america it'd be kind of cool to get some things like some vlogs going and that's sort of 
can lead into another revenue stream for you guys because you know it's a good asset to have in the age of you know all this social media and youtube and stuff that's a, another way you can sort of look at earning money because it's not always easy making the coin in this sport mate so i guess once you get yourself settled that would be something that would interest you too probably because you talk really well on the sport you add a lot of insight mate and obviously you're a super skilled rider so people would enjoy watching it yeah definitely like you can tell with how hayden deegan's done it he's obviously got a um a big YouTube and social media platform through doing his vlogs when he was with his dad as a little kid. And you now he's obviously doing nationals and supercross professionally. Now he's won a AMA title and yeah, he's doing really well for himself and he's built up his followers and influencer program quite well through doing vlogs and using other platforms. So yeah, it's definitely something to look forward to. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And just on to you again, mate. Do you sort of look for when you're doing your training or whether it be promoting yourself, do you look at other sports? Are you a fan of other sports for inspiration, whether it be rugby, footy, F1, MotoGP? Are you a fan of all that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Um, I like my NRL. I'm definitely into the football and stuff. And I like, I think it's cool what they do and how they train. Obviously, they train really hard. And then, yeah, I'm Big fan of the Formula One as well and the road bikes and stuff like that. It's all really cool to watch. Yeah, mate. It's good to obviously keep your mind off the motocross sometimes because it's a pretty brutal sort of all-encompassing sport, mate. So do you have any other hobbies? Playing golf. A lot of dudes love their cycling I speak to. Anything like that? Video games? You sort of have other things to keep your mind off it as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, I play video games sometimes. Obviously, I'm young, but yeah, I like keeping busy i help dad and stuff i like cycling i love running running is probably one of my favorite things to do so yeah, yeah and then just going to the gym and just trying to i guess occupy yourself is probably the main things drive i like operating machines and stuff like that i think that's fun and obviously i've probably learned that through riding and stuff and yeah mate, to pretty and stuff. mechanically minded as well obviously working with all these cool engine builders technicians on suspension you're pretty handy setting up a bike as well as you know learning pretty quick how to do things yourself uh yeah with some things i'd say probably more not the engine like i know what the some parts are and stuff i don't know how i'd go rebuilding my bike <laughs> but definitely i do have an understanding of what i want with testing and stuff and how I want my bike to handle and how I want it to set up and just getting comfortable. Like obviously you can tell you didn't you don't really notice that as a kid, but as you grow up you understand more of how if you make your bike more comfortable you can ride a lot more. Oh, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, it's definitely an important part of it. And yeah, as you get older you sort of learn these things. You hear all these various riders, they just let everyone else do it and then sort of just ride the bike, which is a, a one way to do it. But yeah, learning about it's also another avenue. So sounds like you got your head screwed on with that too, mate. And I guess before we wrap this one up, any final thoughts, anyone you'd like to thank? You know, obviously you've given some shout outs too as well before, mate. So just, we should expect you back in Marvel, mate. So, and also just where can the fans follow you on Instagram and just keep track of your progress, mate, because you've definitely got some exciting times coming. Yeah, thank you. Um, no, I'd just like to thank all my sponsors, everyone, my mum, my dad, all my friends, family, everyone that's, everyone supports me. I've got good mates back home and stuff when I'm not living at home and I live away they're all very supportive of what I do and so is my family so is my brother's sister so yeah no I just can't thank them enough and my team this year Cowie all their help yeah all my personal sponsors it's just been a fun year and 
we've got through it pretty healthy and yeah, I'm excited to heal my back and try and race Marvel in three weeks time and finish the year off there and then just keep riding and stay healthy over Christmas and then look forward to next year. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to join us. And yeah, the future's certainly looking exciting, mate, once you're healed up. But before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Box, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for all their support, as without them, there is no us. All right, thanks again, Campbell. Been a ripper chat here and all about your story and the exciting things you've got planned ahead. So look forward to catching up again soon and all the best. Thank you, guys. No worries, mate. Have a good one.